So, so, so when I, I'm thinking hustle, it's like. So if I had to word association, activist hustle. I think activism is just taking a stand. People um, of color, minorities, existing as themselves fully and embracing the hell you out don't, of that. You hustle to get something that like is not and on the road. is always a light at the end of the day. When you're a hustler, you just make it happen. I would say action every day. Hey listeners of The Activist Hustle, it's Lena. I'm interrupting our off-season because we wanted to share something new from The Activist Hustle team. Um, it has been quite a year, especially in the world of activism, and as 2018 is coming to an end, the team and I have been very busy working on season two. We thought, though, before jumping into 2019 and launching season two, we would take a pause and reflect back on this year um, personally and also with what's been happening around the world. So we thought we would take this break between seasons to share some of our thinking. You're about to hear from Erin, our editor and producer, talk about her end of the year reflections, both broadly and more specifically in her own life as an activist and a hustler. She'll also share her activist resolutions for 2019. Hi, activist hustlers. This is Erin. You almost never hear my voice because I'm a behind the scenes kind of person. For the podcast, that means I spend many hours editing every episode and trying to make sure everyone sounds as amazing and wise to you as they truly are. And that also translates into my activism, or at least has until now, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. We've each approached this a little bit differently, and I'm going to approach this reflection and resolution as a time to reflect on my own activism this year. Um, so first, a little mini montage of my activism journey up until now. My first taste of organizing came during the winter of my senior year of college in a tent. Across Massachusetts, college students were camping out on our college quads to bring attention to our demands for renewable energy. Nightly calls to legislators, recruiting and absorbing new sleepers, coordinating food, singing, etc. The idea that we'd win or that it would last like never really crossed my mind. I think there was a strategy, but I wasn't in on it. And if it was grounded in like a longer term relationship with the earth, I was not aware of that. Um, but after college, I dove into volunteering with a big structure-based interfaith organizing group and I found the structure that was missing in college and felt really privileged to learn from people who had been doing the work and winning for longer than I had been alive. And it also felt frustrating because the organization moved with power but slowly and in inflexibly. A few years later I learned about an organizing model called Momentum at a training. After learning from and feeling critical of both structure-based and mass organizing, they totally fell in love with this hybrid model. The training was for a movement called If Not Now, which is led by young Jews and aims to transform American Jewish support for the occupation in Israel-Palestine into a call for freedom and dignity for all. My work with If Not Now is grounded in my own traditions and culture, and we show up as a movement in solidarity with other badass movements using momentum. Um, like Cosecha, an immigrant rights movement, Sunrise, if you've seen those amazing actions in Congress, again, about the 
Green New Deal, that's them, and the Dream Defenders, as well as other movements that don't use momentum. Um, if not now, has never been my only activism, but it's definitely shown me that momentum is my preferred style. Okay, so 2018. 2018 was a year of more change than I could imagine for me personally, and obviously a ton of activism and fascinating things going on in the world around us. Um, in January of last year, I was two months away from leaving my job of four years to do some traveling and volunteering and identity exploration in Serbia, which happens to be the home of a mo movement that helped inspire momentum, which is really geeky, but really was really exciting to me. Um, and that meant taking steps in each role I was holding to try to train someone else into that role. So at this moment when I was in a mindset of stepping back, I suddenly had way more work to do. I was holding three distinct roles in three organizations or movements and had been in each for several years. I was running around finding people to do the work, going to all the meetings right up until the end, documenting what I'd been doing so I could leave tools for others and feeling really exhausted. I also felt important and needed. My ego was loving seeing that it took work, even my own work, to replace me in my activism. At the same time, I was like really excited to let it all go. I felt like I had no time to be involved with anything new or build new skills or even really have agency about how and when I showed up. I also felt like I was saying no, no, and no to anything outside of my roles. Um, more, more geeky stuff. On my calendar, I have two activism me categories. So in yellow are like all my extracurricular outside of work events, most of which were activism at that time. Um, so like meetings to plan all the stuff and the stuff that we were planning, actions, trainings, etc. And then in orange are like events or speakers or actions I would like to go to, but feel like it's okay if I don't. Sometimes they're like things put on by allies um, or things my own organizations or movements are part of but that I don't have an explicit responsibility for. And as my departure from everything approached, I wasn't going to anything orange because there was so much yellow. I felt like a really shitty community member. I was like guilty and I was also sad because I value showing up for others and I wasn't getting to live out that value. So it was definitely time to go. Two days before I left for my trip, my partner got offered a job on the other side of the country. Um, and through many tearful FaceTime conversations across the five-hour time difference, we decided to take the plunge and move. Suddenly, it felt like this timer had started ticking. I had like maybe six or eight months left in Boston, and I wasn't even there. I looked around this gray city with its brutalist architecture and wondered, like, why am I here? Why am I in Belgrade? I should be at home soaking up every last moment of it before I have to leave. Uh, but then I started to taste the food, which is amazing. Balkan food is highly underappreciated outside of the Balkans, in my opinion. Um, I learned how to order $1 espressos with a dollop of whipped cream in Serbian. That's espresso sashlagum, if you were wondering. Um, and I started to meet and learn the stories of young people fleeing Afghanistan and Iraq through the work I was doing there. By the end, I was pretty in love with the Balkans, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, when I got home, I had a whole additional set of activist interests 
between meeting so many refugees and asylum seekers in Serbia and the degree to which people seeking asylum here were front and center in the news and continue to be, I was newly focused on that. And the power as a white person of grounding in my culture and food and place, both in If Not Now and in Serbia, had me thinking a lot about how white folks can do that cultural reclamation and anti-assimilation work in healthier ways so that we're better members of movements that center more marginalized people. Um, so much was swimming around in my head, and I was immediately working much, much more than full-time as a teacher right when I got back. So, And I was also really, really about to move. My brain hurt, my heart hurt, my feet hurt, and my activism subsided at a seemingly everlasting moment of heightened need for all of us to be involved. At that point, almost the only things I was doing were on that orange list because I didn't have any capacity to be in charge of anything outside of my classroom and my relo cube. No time for the orange stuff was like overwhelming and sad before I left for Serbia and no yellow stuff felt really empty and shallow. Um, so it was time to go again though before I could even really think about it. Um, so in October, I arrived in Colorado Springs new home. And from an activist standpoint, it is almost the polar opposite of Boston, where Boston sometimes feels so secular that it's dismissive of anything spiritual. Colorado Springs has been called the Evangelical Vatican. Uh, a lot of my organizing in Boston was rooted in the progressive Jewish world or part of interfaith efforts. And here in Colorado Springs, the Jewish community is really tiny and doesn't seem very politically active to me yet. Um, interfaith sometimes really earnestly means multiple strands of Protestantism. <laughs> um, and I looked around for my momentum friends, but I haven't yet found an active Cosecha or Sunrise or If Not Now chapter. Um, I also went from working with kids all day to working from home, mostly alone. Uh, so it's been kind of isolating and at times like demotivating. Um, there's really nothing in my orange category because I suddenly have time to go to literally anything that seems remotely activist -y or community building. So everything gets to be yellow for right now. Slowly but surely, by showing up to all those little yellow events though, I am finding activists here. The work is different. It sometimes feels more urgent and raw than in Boston. Um, I got to canvas for several rad female candidates running scrappy congressional campaigns this fall. None of them won. And yet there was like still so much success in what they did because they mobilized record turnout among all these underrepresented groups in a really right-wing place. Um, refugee resettlement has been going on in the Springs for decades. And the more we talk about a wall that would be much closer to here than to Boston, the more vital that work feels and then finding ways to get involved in that. My Cosecha siblings are doing really powerful organizing in San Diego and Tijuana, and because I'm closer now and working from home, I'm working on getting myself down there in person to help however I can. After the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, my partner and I actually hosted an If Not Now event, which I think was probably the first in Colorado Springs history, and our living room was full of song and light and discussion about what to do next. So as far as my resolutions go, 
after a year of stepping back and learning to say no, which I think I needed, I'm ready for 2019 to be a year of saying yes as much as possible when I'm called. Um, I want it to be a year where I go to all or most of the orange stuff on my calendar and support the organizing of those around me with my whole self. I want it to be a year where I take on more visible, riskier roles when they're needed. And I don't mean like making myself the center of the work or the conversation, but I mean like going down to Tijuana to, to, to cook or leading the singing at my house when no one else knows the songs yet or marshalling at the next march so others can feel safer when they hold the bullhorn. I also resolved to do more learning this year in my life as an activist. Um, in 2017, I devoured like some really good social movement theory in the form of books, but I want to do more of that this year. I'm way behind the curve in reading Adrienne Marie Brown's Emergent Strategy, which I just started, and I would love to hear your reading recommendations too. I also really want to learn in community and put my resources behind that learning by making the space in my budget and my schedule that I couldn't find when I was in Boston and so busy to go to trainings and workshops. So if you're an activist out there running one of those, hit me up. Maybe I'll come. Um, and finally, this one might take a few years. I don't think it's a 2019 goal, but I want to start working on integration in 2019. For a long time, I had my paid work and my activist work. And even though my paid work was with youth and I sometimes even got to teach about organizing, I really saw the world as pretty separate. Um, right now I'm, I'm hustling for my paid work. I'm combining a bunch of projects, remote gigs in this new place to make my living. And it's really scary. <laughs> it's like totally new to me. Um, I don't really feel like I can say no to any, well, I can say no to some things, <laughs> but I don't feel like I can be super selective right now about my paid work. But as I hopefully get more secure, I want to do as much as I can to align the paid and the unpaid projects around the same values. I'm not really sure what that will look like, and I'm feeling a lot of vulnerability and trepidation about it right now, but putting it out there. So, yeah, I'm excited to become a louder, but not too loud, um, more educated, more integrated activist in 2019. And I'm really excited to keep putting quiet work into this podcast that I feel really privileged to be part of. Happy 2019. I hope you can also find the power to work towards your activist resolutions, and I hope the activist hustle can play some role in supporting you in that. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us in this special interim activist hustle episode. I hope you feel like you know all of us a little bit better now. The thing is, we want to know you a little bit better too. Do you have any activist resolutions for 2019? Is there a way you can step up your game, something new you want to get involved with or a risk you want to take? Share it with us. You might even hear it here at the end of these very special episodes. All you have to do is record a voice note on your phone and send it to theactivisthustle at gmail.com with the subject, Activist Resolutions. And keep an eye out for season two.